The Lord be with you. A reading from the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter, verses 22 through 35. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set a seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do not labor for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. John chapter 6, verse 27. The crowds do not get it. They cannot see beyond what they think works and what they think does not work. They cannot see that what they work for and what they think works always perishes. They cannot see that that which comes from the Father above is the only thing that works and endures to eternal life. This conversation recorded in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John between the crowd and Jesus, it's personally one of my favorite parts in all of Scripture. It's quite a captivating conversation, and sometime this week, I encourage you to pull it out, on, pull it up on your phone or open up your Bible, and just read the entire chapter of John chapter 6 for yourself and see this beautiful faith-provoking provoking conversation that takes place between Jesus and these crowds at Capernaum. The conversation begins around a very common topic, work. Jesus says, do not labor, do not work for food that perishes, ergotsista in Greek. Ergonomics comes from this word. Ergonomics is the study of the efficiency of one's work, how well one works, how efficient they are, how productive they are, how 
how meaningful and effective they are. See, the crowds before Jesus, the unbelieving crowds, as we'll see, they're obsessed with how things work. They want to know if, if something will work. And to know, well, they need signs, values, percentages, data, outcomes. They want proof in order to determine if something works or does not work. It's very simple to them. All you have to do is measure it or, or look at the data, and it will tell you if it's working or not working. And so they ask Jesus, do you do something that works? Do you have a better solution for the predicaments of life or do you not? And as we're talking about what works together, they ask, well, what must we do then to be doing the works of God? And now the conversation really begins to increase in its intensity. Because if you thought a conversation about what works and does not work for man or what should what should one do or what should one fight for in life with Jesus would be fascinating, this conversation, then imagine hearing what he has to say about how God works. Just how does God work? What does God do? What does God fight for? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Faith, trust, belief. And not just some generic bland faith and better days to come or better outcomes ahead, but faith in him whom he has sent. Faith in Jesus, belief in Jesus, hope in the Lord. This is the work of God. This is what God fights for. This is all God cares about. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent, faith in the one who gives you eternal life and eternal food. Now, everything is going so smoothly in the conversation. Jesus is proclaiming the very gospel to these unbelieving crowds, and it is so very good. But then the crowds respond, and the conversation takes a terrible turn. Their next question reveals their utter blindness, their foolishness, their complete self-centered denial. It's very frustrating and disappointing to watch it take place. They just don't get it. They can't see beyond themselves and the ways that they think everything is supposed to work. They cannot see that that which comes from the Father above is the only thing that works and endures to eternal life. Eyes which only evaluate things that work and things that don't work will fail you miserably before Jesus. And even more so, they will utterly fail you on the last day. You see their response? They ask, what work do you perform, Jesus? What sign do you offer? 
What work do you do? You see, they will determine whether or not Jesus works by their own measurements of what they determine works. They're doomed. They have awful standards of measurement to rely upon. They have earthly evaluation sheets ready to go. They know just what they're looking for to know if Jesus will work or not. They say, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses fed them 40 years. Now that's results. That worked. He gave them bread to eat, and no one died from hunger. It was a successful work. Ten points, five gold stars. Effective, you see. He accomplished the goal. Met reasonable expectations within a stated time frame. That worked, Jesus. So tell us, what do you do so that we may see and believe in you? And you see, when it comes to that question... The unbelieving world will never be satisfied. Jesus knows that he's speaking to deaf ears. He's standing before blinded eyes. He speaks to them for your sake. Don't work for food that perishes. Rather, work for the food that endures to eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. What work do you do, Jesus, that we may see and believe in you? I was stretched and laid upon a cross and killed by lawless men. I was beaten, stripped, whipped, and crowned with thorns. I was treated like a worm and not a man. I was forced to drink vinegar and gall and received the Roman nails into my hands and feet. I was spit upon, ridiculed, rejected, punched, and crucified, determined and judged by this world to be worthless, ineffective, a blasphemer by the religious leaders, a sinner. I was counted a transgressor by a world that loves to measure sin. I was counted a nobody by a world that loves to measure success and fame. An insurrectionist and a murderer, the crowd set free rather than me, because their systems of measurement told them, and they trusted in the perishing things of man. But I, I myself am the bread of life, and I gave my life for your sake. I, I myself am the very bread of life, so whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Don't you see? The crowds look at the cross and Jesus and say, he failed. He didn't succeed. He did not work. But you look at the same cross 
in the same Jesus and believe and say, it worked. He won. He's claimed the victory over my sin and death and the power of the devil. The cross of Jesus is all that we need. His love alone, it satisfies the hungry soul eternally. Dear saints, what is it that you labor for today? What do you obsess over? What is it that you are so constantly worried and wondering about whether or not if it's going to work? What signs and measurements and earthly things do the crowds around you incessantly consume? These things will perish. And there is no eternal peace in the bread of man. But dear saints, the greatest danger in the bread of man it's not that it will eventually perish and fade and wither away like the grass in the field. The greatest danger is that they can blind you and deafen you from seeing and hearing the one thing that endures to eternal life, the gift that comes from the Father above. The greatest danger lurking behind all that consumes your constant measuring is unbelief. Standing right in front of Jesus and no longer seeing him for who he is. Hearing his word and no longer believing in him or trusting in him. No longer seeing Jesus for who he truly is, the greatest gift from the Father above that endures eternally. His cross will be measured as worthless in the eyes of the crowds forever. And because they lack his eternal peace, they will clamor on and on incessantly about the things of the world, things which perish, filled with frustration and bitterness and anger and obsessing over the awful measurements of mankind, consuming the data. Pray for them. Listen to them, help them, and love them. But for the Lord's sake, do not join them in stuffing your soul incessantly with the things of this world that cannot provide you true and eternal peace. Rather, believe in Jesus. Trust in him. Hope in the Lord, who will surely give you every good thing today, and even more so on the last day, through a food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Amen.
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.